everyone, this is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of Irie Financial. Welcome to another episode of AdBits, where I will be sharing bits of knowledge about self-directed retirement. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of AdBits. I'm Adam Bergman, tax attorney and founder of IRA Financial. And on today's episode, turning your rental real estate into a business. So if you are involved in rental real estate, you probably at some point have considered whether this activity is a business or whether it's just a passive activity. And obviously there's some consequences to that determination. Number one, deductions, right? An active rental real estate business, the trade-in business expenses, i.e. under 162, would be available, such as salaries, compensation, travels, expenses, things like that. So when you have a business, you are able to take into account various available deductions under Internal Revenue Code Section 162. And if you are a passive activity, then you generally are limited in terms of what you can deduct. And you generally are only able to deduct expenses related you know, to that passive activity up to certain limitations based off the passive activity rules under Section 465 and 469 of the tax code. So the determination of whether your activity rises to the level of trade or business is important from a deduction standpoint. It also is important from a 401k standpoint, right? Income from an active business is eligible as contributions to a 401k plan, which depending on where this tax bill goes, that could have more importance. That's Schedule C, as in Charlie. And then passive or Schedule E, the advantage is you don't pay self-employment or FICA tax because the income is passive, but you are also limited in terms of your ability to get deductions and your ability to contribute that income into a 401k plan since it's passive. So number one, the determination of whether your activity rises to a level of a trader business has consequences for good or bad. Okay, so the purpose of today's podcast is basically focus on section 162 and a new provision based off the 2016 um, tax reform bill, section 199A, which added some safe harbor provisions to give people more clarity in terms of if you really want to have your real estate activity rise to the level of a trader business. Again, there's no right or wrong. It's based off facts. If you have, in most cases, let's put aside real estate for a, while, for a second, because this podcast, I want to focus on real estate. But if you have a restaurant or you have a consulting business, a law firm, accounting firm, manufacturing, a hotel, you know you're in a business, right? It's not really an issue. However, there are certain activities that are somewhat gray in terms of whether that activity is a business or maybe is it a hobby, right? Um, trading, day trading. You have to be super active to be determined and eligible to be treated as a business. Just like, for example, if you are in real estate, there are now safe harbors to give you some clarity in terms of if your activity rises to a trade or business. So that's why I wanted to focus on real estate because that is the activity that has the most gray. So let's start with section 162. 162 of the code basically says that if you have a business, these are the trade or business expenses you can deduct. Now, unfortunately, 162 doesn't really define what a business is. 
All it says is that there should be allowed a deduction all the ordinary necessary expenses paid or incurred during the taxable year in carrying on a trade or business, right? So not a lot of depth in terms of what that means, okay? So before I get into section 199A, case law is essentially determined that to reach the standard of a trade or business, the taxpayer must be involved in the activity, and this is in quotations, with continuity and regularity, okay? And those are the two key words. It needs to be continuous and it needs to be regular. And the taxpayer's primary purpose is also the engaging in the activity to earn an income or profit, right? Unlike a hobby where my son collects baseball cards, it's not really for a profit. He hopes maybe one day, 10, 15, 20 years, you can trade him or sell him for some money, but the intent's not to make money, right? That's a hobby. If you are in real estate, obviously the intent is clearly to at some point make some income, but is the activity continuous and regular, right? And that's where the fact and circumstances test lies. So determine if the activity rises to the level of a section 162 trader business expense is unfortunately, and I've said these words in other podcasts, it's based on facts and circumstances. Okay. And unfortunately that will determine the answer. Now, in most cases, people are trying to get the activity to rise to a trader business. You rarely see people trying to go the other way, although it can happen specifically if you don't want to pay social security and FICA and you want your activity to be passive, i.e. schedule E, you're, you're going to do certain things to make sure it's passive. Now, section 199A was passed in 2017 and really as part of the Tax Cut and Jobs Act, the new provision essentially added a new deduction for what's called qualified business income. And this is for sole proprietors or other pass-through entities. And essentially the 199A allows individuals to deduct up to 20% of the combined qualified business income for trade or businesses. So what that did is it said, okay, a lot of rental real estate investors said, hey, maybe I should turn my activity active now because hey, that 20% deduction is pretty valuable. So I'm going to really focus and make my make sure my rental real estate activity rises to a trader business. So what 199A did is it included safe harbors. And they basically said, hey, if you want to make sure that your business is treated or your activity, I should say, is treated as a business, then you need to follow these safe harbors because they wanted to make it easier for taxpayers to know they can count on these deductions. Now, again, you have to essentially elect into the safe harbor, but these are the safe harbor provisions. You have to keep separate books and records maintained to reflect income and expenses for each rental real estate enterprise. And your rental real estate enterprise has that has been in existence for at least four years. At least 250 hours are spent on rental services, and that could be you or other parties. The taxpayer maintains contemporaneous records, including time reports, logs, or similar documents regarding the following. Hours of all services performed, description, of all services performed, dates on which the services were performed, who performs the services, and the taxpayer must attach a statement to the return, essentially saying that they are opting into these safe harbors under 199A. Okay, so the idea is that, hey, if you wanna make rental real estate a business, you can do it. And these are the four safe harbors that you need to comply with in order for your business to be treated as, or your activity, again, I should say, to be treated as a business. But it doesn't mean 
every real estate rental activity is a business. Now, I actually had gotten into a discussion with a, a colleague about this, and he said, now under 199A, every rental activity is a business. I was like, what are you talking about? I own an apartment, I rented out, I filed Schedule E, my accountant has, has been fine with that. So do millions probably of other Americans. All this is saying is that you can opt in if you satisfy the provisions and make sure your activity is treated as a business, but it doesn't guarantee that it is going to be treated as a business. Number one, if you're not keeping these you know, detailed contemporaneous records, you're going to fail the safe harbor. Same with the books and records, right? If you have an apartment and you're renting it out to someone, and one other exception I should say, if, if the lease is a triple net lease, then it's not deemed a business. So if you just have an apartment, you, someone's giving you a thousand bucks a month and you take care of all the insurance, um, everything else, um, you know, do you have a business? And my attitude is, hey, I'm not keeping, first of all, I'm not spending 250 hours, that's number one. Number two, I'm not keeping these contemporaneous um, records, right? So it's, it's probably more likely than not that I'm not going to satisfy these safe harbor uh, provisions. But again, 199A did give some clarity to rental real estate investors saying, hey, if you want to be deemed a business, this is what you need to do. And you can then qualify for this 20% pass-through deduction and, and also obviously be a treated as a uh, business. So again, the exemption is for a triple uh, net lease is essentially where the tenant is responsible for the ongoing expenses of the property, including the taxes, building insurance, maintenance, which isn't very common, right? So that's not really something that's very common in, in residential. But again, if you don't have the 250 hours, which is like five hours a week, which again, I have an apartment uh, I rent out. I do not spend five hours a week um, you know, managing it. I, I basically maybe spend three hours a month at most, maybe an hour a month at most. So um, th that's just something to keep in mind. So again, why am I talking about this? Again, to determine whether you can file a Schedule C or a Schedule E on your 1040. Schedule E, the advantage is, is you don't pay self-employment tax, which can be 15.3% because the income is passive. The disadvantage is you're maybe limited in deductions. And number two, that income is not available for contributions into a 401k plan. And with the proposed tax bill in the Ways and Means uh, that was released September 12, 2021, with it limiting some activities of IRAs, I believe you're going to see a major a push by investors to try to get into a solo 401k and be able to do those investments through a solo 401k because they are not covered, uh, at least on the accredited investor side and some of the other 10% slash officer restrictions. They only apply to IRAs and not solo 401ks. So I can perceive a, a, a grand, um, I would say, um, you know, red carpet uh, dash towards the solo 401k where more and more investors will move off from uh, IRAs into solo case to be able to do those investments. So what that will require is if you have a rental real estate business is you file a Schedule C. Now again, you don't really see much if any audits where the IRS will deem you a business, right? They're happy that you're treating this income as business income. Why? Because it's subject to the self-employment tax. Um, you, you, more, you see audits more where people are treating the income as passive and the IRS wants the income to be active. Although again, it, it could be on the flip where people are taking deductions 
for an active business that maybe the IRS treats as a hobby. So the safe harbor can give you some clarity in terms of if you have rental real estate and you want to have a business because you want to do a solo K, you can say, hey, I'll keep separate books and records. It's not hard. It's you know a separate Excel sheet. I'll spend more than 250 hours. You know, I'll do more research. I'll spend more time with my tenant. I'll, I'll, I'll put the hours in. Uh, I can add up all the um, time that was used maybe to improve it, repair, things like that. I'll keep contemporaneous records and I'll attach a statement saying I'm relying on the safe harbor. So that for real estate investors is a helpful way to guarantee that your activity will rise to the level of a trader business and be able, and allow you to set up a solo K to take into account those income as contributions. However, you will be subject to self-employment FICA tax on that income if you 15.3% uh, on, on a Schedule C. So that, that would be the downside. The upside would be more deductions, ability to contribute contribute that income to a 401k, downside, Social Security, FICA, 15.3%. So 199A does the safe harbor at least, gives more clarity. 162 doesn't offer a lot. It just tells you what you can deduct. Case law does um, provide some um, guidance, but, but not a lot. because Why? Because each case is based off facts and um, circumstances. So um, it's interesting because section 1402 basically excludes rental income from the definitions of net earnings on self-employment. So if you just have rental income, 1402A1 will say it's not subject to self-employment tax. Plus section 212 basically allows a taxpayer to deduct expenses associated with the rental activity. So that's why a lot of rental real estate investors wanna stay on schedule E because they'll still get the deductions that are associated with the rental activity. They may not get the travel, but they'll get the associated rental activities. But that income's not available for a solo K. So then 199A comes in and these safe harbors give us more guidance and clarity as to how we can guarantee that our activity will rise to a trader business in the real estate or rental income real estate um, category. And that's obviously super helpful, especially if the solo 401k becomes a vehicle that more and more investors want to use. Now, if you have a rental real estate activity, you now know what you need to do if you want your activity to rise to a trader business. If you don't, then you can make sure you fail these safe harbors and you don't have to worry about it and you can keep filing Schedule E and not worry about contributing that income to a solo K through a Schedule C. So 199A again gives some guidance and then that will dictate whether you're gonna file the C or the E. Um, anyways, I thought today's podcast, this is something I kind of wanted to do for a while because I get these questions a lot from real estate investors saying, hey, I have an E, uh, this rental real estate, I wanna go C. And I always say, yeah, you gotta look at safe harbors under 199A. And I just kind of never got around to doing a podcast. But um, I do wanna refute the point that not all rental real estate is a business and not all rental real estate is passive, right? It's based off facts and circumstances. Safe harbors under 199A give more guidance, but you can still obviously fail the safe harbor and still be a Schedule E rental real estate taxpayer. So you have uh, flexibility. You have more, I think, concrete guidance since 17 with the 199A, which I think has helped many, many taxpayers at least know where they stand so they can at least plan accordingly whether they're going to treat the activity as a business and, and get greater deduction or um, 401k and or I should say 401k contribution 
opportunity. So there you go. Um, rental real estate is obviously a super um, you know, attractive way to make uh, income, whether you are in business or whether this is kind of secondary income slash passive. So you have options. You just need to make sure obviously you're filing correctly, whether it's C or E. If you can take advantage of 199A, there's potential for 20% a pass-through deduction, which is also um, you know quite attractive for many taxpayers. The new tax bill will attempt to limit that to certain taxpayers. They're lowering the threshold of income that um, is available for taxpayers, but it's still going to be available. So it's still there for, for some taxpayers. Um, otherwise, um, there you go. Now you know, hopefully, if you have passive rental real estate, what your options are. If you are filing E, what you can potentially do to go C. If you're filing C, maybe you should be filing C, right? Maybe you should be filing E. And 199A Safe Harbors now gives you some more guidance, plus um, obviously the um, the rules under 162 as well. So hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. I actually had a lot of fun with it. I spent a bunch of time researching and talked to a few accountants and talked to some real estate uh, investors kind of listening to what they're doing and just focused on um, 162 case law, which I found, I didn't want to get into it because every case I looked at, and, and there's some really important ones um, like um, the curfew v. commissioner, which is a 1980 uh, tax court, um, but which essentially said ordinary necessary expenses for rental properties, a trader business are deductible. Um, but again, it's all facts and circumstances. So before 199A, case law was more paramount. Now with 199A and the safe harbor, you have more guidance. You can basically try to fit your um, activity into a business or or fail it uh, purposely because you kind of have some more clarity how the rules work. So thanks for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much. Really appreciate all the support. Um, and you know, stay safe and talk to everyone again next week.